Welcome to Between the Shelves, the premier Save a Library podcast. I am your host, Alex, and this week I am joined by Christina. Hello. Hi, Christina. Thank you for co-hosting this episode with me. So we are recording this on November 15th, which means we're coming up on a very special holiday. Around the third week of November is the holiday everyone across the United States and the galaxy celebrates, and that is, of course, Life Day. Yes, Life Day. The holiday we all know about and we know all the tenets of by heart. It is the Star Wars holiday that had its origins in the Star Wars holiday special that aired on November 17th, 1978. So we're coming up on the 45th anniversary of the Star Wars holiday special, and I thought what better time to discuss it than in our library podcast while we're at work. (laughs) So thank you for joining me. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, If you are familiar with the Star Wars Holiday Special, boy is it an interesting piece of entertainment history. And it's sort of by design. You're not supposed to know about it. Do you want to talk about that, Christina? Um, It is so terrible that it was basically buried. I actually saw a comment on a YouTube video that was like, the reason this can stay up on YouTube is because if Disney files a takedown, they have to admit to it existing. <laughs> so yeah, this is infamously bad. That That is basically its legacy. Um, it, it's so bad, in fact, that even before Disney owned it, George Lucas even disowned it. Uh, before it was even released, in fact. Uh, so uh, in 1978, Star Wars came out the previous year, the first Star Wars movie. It was a massive hit, massive, massive hit. Um, I, I don't know if, was it maybe the highest grossing movie of all time at that point? I think point? at that point. Yeah. It had an 18-month, I think, run in the theaters. Massive, massive hit. And from what I understand, the the studios and George Lucas wanted to keep Star Wars relevant and in the minds of everyone while they were working on the sequel, Empire Strikes Back. So they had a bunch of TV specials, little bits here and there. The the characters would show up in various, you know, nighttime shows or variety shows and things like that. But the holiday special was a big, elaborate variety show (laughs) Um, that I think had the highest budget ever for a variety show or any kind of TV special at the time. It had over a million dollar budget. Yikes. Which, yeah, having seen it, I don't know where that money went. But (laughs) Um, in any case, uh, it came out, yeah, November 78. So this is right in between the first Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. This was supposed to just, uh, you know, reinvigorate the enthusiasm for Star Wars and kind of continue the fan base uh, hype and selling merchandise for uh, to, to bridge the gap between the two movies and uh, it was uh, it was an absolute disaster <laughs> it after its first airing uh, CBS and Fox completely pulled the plug on it it was never aired again after its first airing date and it has since been buried to history um, do you have any any other notes for setting the table for this special anything you want to add I know that I don't even think that, like, I, I'm pretty sure that 
very few copies of it exist. And I know that Carrie Fisher like made it part of her contract or something to get one and would like put it on when she wanted to pe- wanted people to leave. Yeah. Or like at parties. Yeah. Her par- she would play it at the end of parties to get the people to clear out, which is iconic. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of Carrie Fisher, the almost all of the cast of Star Wars minus uh, Alec Guinness stars in the holiday special and in brief cameos, uh, including James Earl Jones, who has a maybe a 10 second clip. That's probably all they could get him for as Darth Vader. Um, but I, I had never seen this until this year. And the stories I'd heard about it were that it was a disaster, like acting wise, like all the famous actors phoned it in and everything. And they, you can kind of tell they phoned it in a little bit, but I, I wouldn't say it was like terrible from at least to like what I imagined the stories of, you know, leading up to it where like I had heard like, you know, Mark Hamill's like all drugged out and um, whatever or Harrison Ford's just like grumpy the whole time. And I don't know. I, I think they they did an adequate job for what yeah, they were asked. I mean, for what they were given, I don't think that they were bad. They definitely did the best they could. Yeah. Yeah. They did the best they could. Considering the material they were handed. Yeah. One of my notes is I cannot believe that Harrison Ford did this. Like, of, of everyone. Like, he's just so cantankerous all the time. Yes, that's the perfect word for, for him. Uh, and even then, in the 70s, he's still, like, before he's even, like, Harrison Ford that we know today, he's still, like, you can tell he's, like, I'm too good for this. <laughs> um, let me just look through my notes. So... So yeah, so it was met with overwhelmingly negative reviews from fans and critics alike. Uh, again, I mentioned it was never aired again, with the exception of there's an animated clip in the holiday special that features the first appearance of Boba Fett, the bounty hunter. Um, and that just that animated clip, I believe, is now available on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But only that, only that small fraction of the holiday special exists or is acknowledged by Disney. And- yeah, which is wild to me because there are a lot of questions that that animated special has. Oh, yeah. And when we get to that, I have a lot to talk about <laughs> about that animated bit. So I think we've we've set the table. Uh, I, I don't think I have any more notes here uh, in terms of setup. Um, I do want to mention. So we've already talked about how this is pretty much been buried by Disney and George Lucas it is available on YouTube, as, as Christina already mentioned, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Who knows how long it will stay up before it's taken down again, but there are many versions of it available. In fact, I watched a 4K 60 frames per second uh, edit of it, so it is available and in decent quality, too. Um, I wish that the version I watched had the commercials as well. That would have been interesting to see because it kind of just fades to black and then comes back oh, after yeah. the commercial break. But it would have been interesting to see, you know, like. <laughs> I'm sure it was for like the toys. Yeah. I am sad. I did see that at some point there were prototypes for like Chewie's family toys. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I would have killed for a lumpy okay. action figure. Well, that's a perfect transition. So what Christina is referring to is. Uh, Let's, let's just get into it. So the, the holiday special, I guess the, the overarching story, if there is even one, is that it takes place immediately after uh, the end of A New Hope, episode four. 
and it's a, basically about Chewie returning home to his home planet to be with his family to celebrate Life Day. And uh, basically, there his journey is interrupted when the Empire kind of catches up to the Millennium Falcon and, and reroutes his journey. So this, the, basically a huge majority of the holiday special, which is about 90 minutes long, which is very long for a holiday special, almost the length, it's almost a full-length movie. It's, it's really long. Most of the, the special takes place at, at Chewie's home on his home planet, which is never named in the holiday special, by the way. No. Um, and it it's basically revolves around his family waiting for Chewie to return and all the hijinks that ensue while they're, while they're waiting. Do you have a, is that a fair overarching yeah. plot? It's a wild concept from the get-go because they picked to focus on animals or a species that doesn't speak basic and there are no subtitles so you're literally just watching like bears growl at each other right so if you're not familiar with star wars and you're just flicking the three channels that existed in 1978 you're like oh holiday special i'll watch this you're basically greeted with three yetis like bigfoots that are just growling at each other for 10 solid minutes it's wild yeah what a choice it's it's amazing. It's like watching the like a Brady Bunch episode. If everyone was in a Bigfoot costume and there was no discernible dialogue with no subtitles, yeah, it's it's insane. And that's how it starts. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we mentioned like uh, Harrison Ford kind of uh, begrudgingly participates. So the opening scene of the holiday special kind of sets up this this concept that. It's Han and Chewie flying the Millennium Falcon, and they're they're on their way to Kashyyyk, Wookie, the Wookiee home world. They never name Kashyyyk in the entire episode. So Han Solo is... I had a, a note here that he's very busy uh, in this scene. He's just pressing every button that's in front of him. Like he's, You could tell it was like one take, and they were just like, make it look like there's action happening. Yes. <laughs> and he's just like running through his, grumbling through his dialogue and pressing every button that's in front of him as fast as he can, and it's so funny to watch. And then we get to, we cut to basically the Wookiee home world, um, and it gets into that like Brady Bunch style, like sitcom almost, in this actually a pretty beautiful set, I think. Yeah. I think that's where most of the budget must have gone to. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, there's 10 solid minutes of Wookiee dialogue with no subtitles. And then, I don't know how it transitions to this, but basically, Chewie's son, Lumpy, the names are just ridiculous. His son is named Lumpy, like as if he's one of like the seven dwarves or something. He kind of goes to like that hologram desk and they he turns it on and then there's just I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a choreograph. It's like an acrobatic show with like new age music. Mm-hmm. It's this holiday special is very new age inspired. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get some more examples. As I was watching, I was thinking like, did did Mala invent giving an iPad to a child to shut them up? Like. Oh yeah, and he. <laughs> Lumpy's a, a little troublesome child, so yeah, <laughs> that's the equivalent of just giving a kid an iPad, exactly. Um, so that goes on for far too long, and it is absolutely the low point thus far, I think. 
Uh, thus far. <laughs> thus far. The points do get lower. Yes. Um, and then the next note I have here is it goes to a, a trading post where we are introduced to a new character who's kind of this trader, this human trader on the Wookiee planet. Um, do you have, Who is he played by? Is it Art Carney or... I have no idea because some of them played like multiple... Yeah, I got a little confused. I wish uh, I wish Peter was here because I think he would know immediately. Rolls. Yeah, it's like there was the person, there was someone in like drag, doing a cooking show. Yeah, it was like a Julia Child kind of parody. But with parody. Like an alien with four arms, which is extremely cringy to watch. But honestly, I I giggled at one or two points. It, it's it's really bad for Star Wars, but for a variety show, it's not the worst bit ever. But It's not even the worst bit in this holiday special. No, 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 no. Uh, so I just had one note about that whole trading post thing. So when they cut to it, they go through like this, basically they go like into a TV to like go to a new scene. And the transition is it just says trading post Wookiee Planet C. Like it's the most generic like, it's almost like a like a stand-in text that they were like, we'll just fill that in later with like Star Wars talk, but it's just like the most generic. Where are Wookie planets? Wookie planets A C. and B. Yeah, right. They couldn't even be bothered like coming up with a name. Like that's how much how close to canon they stuck. And George Lucas loves coming up with names, so. Yeah, and I I read that in the original draft they even named the Wookie they named Kashyyyk, so. I don't know. They just didn't even bother to do any homework at all. It, maybe by this point, George Lucas has already wiped his hands clean of this yeah. project. Just like, do whatever you want and don't put my name on it. Um, so yeah, that whole trading post scene could have been completely cut. It was very slow and unfunny. Um, and then we get the uh, the very brief Vader scene that I had a note here. This must have been extra footage from episode four because the production quality for this 10 second clip looks so much higher than the rest of the the scene uh the special maybe james Earl jones has like a clause in his contract about the production levels yeah maybe he definitely gets paid per word because <laughs> i think he says one sentence like get the get me the millennium falcon like that's it cut um so then we get to that cringy cooking bit starring uh the alien julia child with four arms um, did you have any notes on that or should we move on? I don't because it was like, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what to expect from the rest of this. So yeah, this seems pretty normal. And then they get increasingly unhinged oh, as yeah. they go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I just had one note for this. One thing that I found interesting, funny is... Uh, so basically Mala, who is Chewie's wife, is watching this cooking show and kind of trying to cook along with it. And did you notice that the her cooking pot, like they're making like a stew or something, her pot is just like a busted up garden pail? Yes. <laughs> There's like no continuity between like the design of this world at all. Like they're in this like beautiful jungle house that has like is decked out with modern technology yeah like she's in a fully modern industrial kitchen but she's cooking in like this dirty busted like ionized tin seasoned it's seasoned yeah uh very very interesting um okay 
let's see, where do we go next? So basically at this point, the Empire catches wind that Chewie's has a family on this planet and starts to harass the family, sort of. So they, they start to, uh, I think they show up at this point, or maybe it's a little bit after. But basically we get some bad stormtroopers and some Empire kind of guys that get introduced into the house. Um, and I had a note here that they make a blockade around Kashyyyk. And I said, my note was, every good Star Wars movie has a blockade <laughs> at some point. Every good Star Wars movie, there's a, a planet-wide blockade. So at least this one has that. Um, and then there's the great pun where the traitor comes in and says uh, to the the sad Wookiee family, why the long hairy faces? <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, yeah, where do we go from here? I don't even know where to go from here. This thing is so unhinged. Yeah. Is this where he, the traitor is in the house and he gives... So Itchy's dad, I mean, um, Chewie's dad, Itchy, is also here? Yes. And he gives... The traitor gives him like a VR headset mm-hmm. and he watches what is essentially VR porn mm-hmm. for like five minutes. And you watch it too yes. with him. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting your message. Are you getting mine? Oh, oh, we are excited, aren't we? Well, just relax. Just relax. Yes. My note is, how did this ever get aired on TV, especially in the 70s? It, what ba- He basically watches like a softcore porn, new age music video for an extensive period of time. And they keep cutting back to him like, I don't know. Writhing like, in, his, yes. in his chair. <laughs> keep in mind, this is not a person. This is still talking about a giant Bigfoot, basically. Yeah, and they like did him up to look like old like really old and he's got like this thing going on with his mouth yeah he very he's a very weathered just imagine chewy who's had a long hard life yeah <laughs> boy i don't even know this is for me maybe the low point of the whole special only because it's so weird and is unconnected to anything else in the special entirely yeah, like, and it's super uncomfortable absolutely. to sit through. Um, yeah, totally. I, my note was this needs to be cut, like underlining needs. Um, and I guess in the original script, he wasn't supposed to get this trippy, seductress sort of music video. It was supposed to show him a vision of what's important to him on Life Day. And he was supposed to get a vision of, of Chewbacca. And then it would tie back into like, missing Chewbacca and like the whole Tenants of Life Day sort of thing but instead they wanted to plug in this trippy weird music video I don't know maybe they were trying to get an older audience involved but man it was pretty hard to watch oh I had another note here did you notice in Lumpy's bedroom he had this like Bantha rocking horse sort of doll I don't know why they never mass produced that they could have made millions and millions of dollars every household in America would have had one of these they uh, canceled all of the products from the holiday special. <laughs> I would have bought one of these. Like, I'd have one right now in my son's room. <laughs> it's so cool. It's just this giant, like, woolly mammoth doll. Like, it's so cool. Anyways, that was my favorite part of the special. <laughs> uh, so after 
Oh, we skipped over. Uh, there is a very quick interlude where we we see um, R two D two and Luke Skywalker sort of fixing a I don't even know what some kind of engine or something, and oh, you know. Yeah. It's like the obligatory, look, here's Luke in this special. It's probably no more than five minutes long. And it's fine. Not funny. Not relevant at all. It's just kind of like, here's Mark Hamill. He's checking in. Yeah. Like the Mala calls, like, I guess all of Chewie's friends to see where he is. Yeah, right. So she calls up Luke Skywalker and he's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm just here. Mm Mm-hmm. Haven't seen him. Haven't seen him. <laughs> so then after that, she calls uh, Mala, calls Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. And it's another just non sequitur, like totally could have been cut and not what affected the plot at all. Uh, but Carrie Fisher, I, I think of the three main actors in Star Wars, really owns this special. Yeah. Um, so this, this first little bit here, I think she acts the hell out of it and it's really funny and you get anthony daniels to c3po as well so all the main all the characters make an appearance to make all the kitties happy but it's very short-lived and then it goes back to the nonsense very quickly the next note i have is it jumps to back to the chewy household and basically they the family and the traitor guy are trying to distract the empire from I don't even know what they're just trying to like kill time i guess i don't really understand what their motivation is but they are basically distracting one of the guards with like a hologram another ipad basically yeah <laughs> but this time instead of showing a softcore porn music video it shows a jefferson starship music video oh my god i blacked that out the actual band jefferson starship plays an entire music video in the special um the music video production's pretty cool and trippy the song itself is forgettable forgettable yes the my only note of it was you know the song itself is is fine but the lead singer is so bad so bad jefferson starship does not live up to uh jefferson airplane in my opinion and then we get the animated short which I think is the peak, the highlight of the whole special. It's produced by Rankin and Bass, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. The famous animation team. It's the animation is is pretty crude. Like you could tell they, you know, they probably put this together in less than a, a year. Um, but it, the art style is pretty fantastic. Like it's it's kind of in, Mobius inspired. If you're familiar with that artist. Um, yeah, it's wow, it's wild. I'm not even sure if so here's my question to you, Christina. Could you clarify this? So the reason they are watching this animated short or how they tie it into the holiday special is Lumpy goes on his iPad and just starts watching this video. So is this supposed to be like him checking in with Chewie? Like is this supposed to be happening like live in the episode I or is this like a flashback recorded? Don't know. It's not explained it at all. Feels, yeah, it's totally unclear. I have read multiple articles and I got differing opinions. Some said this was like a pre-recorded adventure that Chewie had and it's kind of like Chewie retelling it in animated form to his son. And then other times they're like, this was like a little quick side adventure that Chewie and Han were on. It's very unclear. But in any case, it basically tells the plot of 
what Chewie and Han getting stuck on some planet as they're trying to escape the Empire. Is that yeah. right? And then Luke goes after them to save them. Yes. And along the way encounters Boba Fett, the bounty hunter. Yes. So. They ride dinosaurs. They do ride dinosaurs. Thank you for mentioning that. I almost, I didn't even have that in my notes because there's so much going on that I had somehow yeah. missed I that have part a dinosaur with four question marks and then Boba Fett riding a dinosaur with even more question marks. Uh, it's also, the, it's the first time we get to see Luke flying a Y-Wing, which I thought was interesting, if you're interested in that at all. Uh, and also it canonizes that the Y-Wings have a cool escape pod. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. If you like that kind of stuff. Uh, some other weird things that I had some notes on. C-3PO is in it and he blinks throughout the entire animation. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, does C-3PO blink in the and movies? Does he, doesn't he blink this way? Yeah, like and not this, yeah, like horizontally yeah. and not vertically? No, vertically, not horizontally. Yeah. Like the opposite of humans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so on the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, does C-3PO blink in the live action movies? I don't think so, right? They're just like light bulbs as his eyes. Yeah, I don't know. He certainly doesn't blink sideways. No, if he does blink, he blinks. It's like the lights going on and off. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. Where did they even get that from? Because he never blinks. Like he has like that extra eyelid that like some animals have. Yeah, exactly. He's like a frog or yeah. something. Uh, the other thing I noted was Boba Fett has three fingers. That was another thing I noticed. Like he's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. So I had a lot of questions about okay, the lore here. with Because I guess now we know a lot about Mandalorians, mm-hmm. which I, he's not even really established as Mandalorian Way here. before that was ever. But I guess part of the plot is that there's some kind of like sleeping virus. Yeah. Yeah. And they mention it only affects humans, but it doesn't affect Boba Fett. Boba Fett, who is a human. Who I is human. I have friends who have read like extensively in the extended universe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I ask you guys like a lore question? Are Mandalorians like human? And they were like, why are you asking that question? <laughs> I was like, in the Star Wars holiday special, there's this weird thing. And they sort of imply that he's not human. But, so what does human mean? Earthling? Because in that case, nobody's a human. I don't know. But, like, Han and Luke are clearly the same species. And and Leia. Right. And as far as I know, every other person in the... Let's just say it's because Boba Fett's wearing a helmet and it has some sort of... Yeah, a filter, exactly. Uh, so we've settled that for canon. We can but put he that does in. have three fingers, so... That's also true, so... Who the knows? three finger finger thing really bothered me, bothered me for some reason. Um, so yeah, do you have any other notes? The only the last note I had was uh, this is a spoiler, but at the very end of the special, you find out that Boba Fett, who was helping them all along, was really just leading them to Darth Vader to claim his bounty, I guess. Yeah. But he has them cornered with a gun drawn on them. They're defenseless, and yet he runs away at the very end. I don't understand why. <laughs> his, maybe his dinosaur needed them. I guess so. The, a dinosaur that he was abusing the whole time and calling oh, yes. useless. There's like an extended period where he just like abuses the dinosaur and tells Luke that it's okay 
to abuse the dinosaur. Not only abuse the dinosaur, abuse any being that's lesser than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really setting him up as a villain. <laughs> the twist at the end that he's a villain should not come as a surprise to anybody. Um, anyways, I mean, it's the first we ever get to see a Boba Fett. I thought his armor and everything was pretty cool. I mean, he basically looks like a stormtrooper that's like tie-dyed, but yeah, pretty cool looking. Um, do you have any other notes on the animated short? I mean, the reason we're talking about it for so long is this is really the only thing that's can, even closest to canon in yeah. Star Wars, and it's... No, my next note is just a question mark, and I don't know. Oh, I think I know what it's about. So after the animated short, we go to another commercial within the holiday special basically and it's lumpy watching basically an infomercial for some sort of machine that manipulates voices and we get a whole bit with a malfunctioning robot that's like advertising i do he it's like part of it is it is relevant to the plot he's trying to put this together to like trick the stormtroopers because they like they like ransacked his room and they're like why don't you go clean up the mess that you made in your room and so he goes in and the cruelest the empire's ever been (laughs) the traitor had brought him this thing and he's watching a video on how to use it but it's like you can think of it as like a really primitive version of like the home alone kind of toy that like manipulates your voice to make you sound like somebody else yeah it's kind of like the same bit as in home alone sort of so lumpy has this toy that allows him to mimic the voice of other people. That's how it kind of ties into the plot, which we'll get to in a second of why that's relevant. But that you have, in order for that to be explained to you, which is barely done, you have to sit through, however long it is, it's infinitely too long. It's the worst, lowest point of the entire special, in my opinion. It's an, in, in, probably, let's say it's like five minutes long, but it's probably longer. I have 10 minutes, 10 minutes of, I just have 10 minutes of Lumpy putting together a toy. And like the infomercial is like a comedy bit, but. It's the least effective comedy bit in the whole special, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, I guess part of the joke is that the guy doing it is a robot yeah. of some kind. Yeah. The salesman's a robot who's malfunctioning. Yeah. And it it's basically just all done with camera tricks where like they'll just freeze the camera or rewind it and fast forward to make it look like he's like glitching or he does like weird things with his face yes which maybe in 1978 would have landed better but in 2023 it's like you could do a better job on your phone right now editing your video yeah and we have very high standards of comedy yes of course (laughs) yeah this was terrible like the lowest of low points in my opinion like this whole segment needed to be cut um they could have just fixed it by when the trader hands lumpy the toy just say like this is a voice modulator thing like that here's how you use it you just push this button instead we get the 10 minute unfunny terrible bit yeah so then where do we go from here next my next note is is b arthur enters the scene my next note is also about b arthur (laughs) okay great we're on the same page so B. Arthur, famous Golden Girls, B. Arthur, um, also appears in this holiday special. And I think this is another highlight. I do think this bit, this scene goes on far too long. But uh, basically, we're, we're, maybe you can set this up better than I have. Because I have kind of struggled to understand how we even get. So I, there, I don't know who's, someone is watching a documentary about a day in the life of someone on Tatooine, I think is how they set yes. it up. But it's a very odd choice 
It's actually funny. Yes, now I'm recalling. So the way they set it up is it's like an empire infomercial kind of thing where it's saying like, here's a day in the life of a citizen on Tatooine. And the whole point is like, your life is good in comparison. Yeah, so you can feel better about the world. Exactly. Like living under the empire regime is not so bad because you could have it worse. Look at these people on Tatooine. That's kind of like the premise. (laughs) So then then the infomercial uh, kind of... turns into or switches to a scene in the cantina in Tatooine and B. Arthur is the proprietor of the cantina which I hope is canon yeah I'm cons- I'm considering this canon st- official Star Wars canon because I love <laughs> she's like the bartender slash owner of the bar and yeah you-, you could take it from here yeah so I just she's like a bartender and like this patron comes in to like ask her out i guess so he has like flowers and he's trying to like he's hitting on her yeah and she's not having it like this whole time and which is very relatable and then she also he's like but you said you know can't wait to see you or something as he left and then he hears her say it to another person at the bar who's leaving and he's heartbroken. And he's heartbroken. And I was like, this is all like very relatable. So this had like this, woman were... is nice to man. Man misconstrues it. Okay. Wildly. Wow, this is so much more layered than I thought. <laughs> maybe we're maybe I'm not giving the specialist enough credit. Um, I thought you were gonna mention this. So the the patron who's hitting on B. Arthur, my note for him is Cuphead. That's how I kept referring to him. Why do I call him that? Because he literally pours drinks into the top of his head that is shaped like a cup and that's how he drinks even though he has a mouth yeah and it's so disturbing it the concept really shook me and like the the design of it is off-putting it's like it's as if somebody bonked him on the head and he's a cartoon character and he has this huge indent on the top yeah and he's and like his hair is sort of like flattened down but it it's also like on the yeah it's a hairy cup yeah it's (laughs) everything about him is repulsive (laughs) um but the the famous uh band from the star wars cantina is also there uh jizz jizz is the style of music but uh the band is uh figrin dan and the modal nodes that's the note i had yeah i knew modal nodes i didn't know his name was figrin dan yes i did accidentally go on a, a deep dive about this musical genre because of it and i learned all about what the instruments of jizz are called and they are so funny like one is just like a jizz box but the others are like so star wars named that one's like a beat bop clap box they're all box themed another one i i like the bassoon like the mini bassoon i thing anyways i'm glad the modal nodes get their get their due they're they're given prominence in this segment which is nice and then while you're while you're looking up the instruments um b arthur gets a nice musical number to to close out the segment oh i'm sorry it's a clack beat box a clack beat box and then there's a Doranian Beshnequil, also known as the Fizz with three Z's. <laughs> oh man, this special is 
Perfect. Which they do have one in the modal nodes. So that might be the bassoon thing. Yeah. Boy. Um, so B. Arthur gets her big musical number to wrap out the segment, as I was saying. Um, basically, we learn that the Empire has... Is this another blockade? How does this happen? I forget. It, it, Somehow it's they like a curfew. They like tell everyone... Yeah, they're sh- they shut down the bar. And basically, B. Arthur is trying to get everybody out of the bar to first... I don't really quite understand exactly why it's shutting down, but it it allows her to sing her farewell song. Yeah, but it's to the cantina song. Yes, yeah. And also there's a giant rat that she sings with at one point. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme. It's worth watching. Go look it up. Uh, Very, very interesting. It's kind of like, I compared it to like Fiddler on the Roof. It's sort of like, it seems like a Fiddler on the Roof sort of song. But, uh, it's yeah. also like a 15 minute segment. Like it it's is so long. So long. Yeah, I think if they cut out the whole cuphead bit, yeah, and maybe trim the song a little bit to like a minute long, this segment would have worked a lot better. Yeah. But it does go on for quite a while. Like I felt like I watched an entire episode of yeah, Golden she, like, Girls. Walks around the bar and like interacts with every single person at it essentially. Yeah. Uh, boy, well, very interesting. So after the B. Arthur segment, we were brought back to Chewie's home world where this is, I have a note, this is kind of the finale of the segment. I don't know if anything happens in between here, but basically Han and Chewie arrive on Kashyyyk and Han kind of comes in and saves the day, right? He, he clears out the stormtroopers somehow. Well, and... Lumpy, Lumpy sends some of them away with yes his his voice box that's right yes so that the voice box comes into play lumpy basically puts out like a fake message in the kind of voice of uh the official empire garrison leader or whatever saying like return to base or whatever uh that clears out some then han comes in and throws a stormtrooper off of the balcony of the house who then falls to his death which is the pretty grim when if you think about it for a second for a holiday special yeah. Um, but anyways, the day is saved, and Chewie's reunited with his family, and they go on to celebrate Life Day. So we start to learn a little bit about Life Day. Um, my no- my next note was the ending, the the trippy kind of segue to celebrating Life Day from that Han Solo scene is sort of reminiscent of like the end of Lord of the Rings with the elves like returning to the West. Yeah, they're just like in these like red robes. Walking in space Walking towards in a space. light. It's very weird. Which I had to... We'll get to like the tenets of Life Day in a second, but it does sort of make sense. Like I think that scene, that trippy scene, was maybe the only thing that translated from the original transcript of, that George Lucas wrote. Um, so basically after that trippy sequence, we're brought to the Tree of Life, which is where Life Day is celebrated. We see a whole bunch of Wookiees all dressed in the Life Day official attire, which is a full-length red robe. Carrie Fisher shows up with... Does everyone show up at the end? I forget. 
or is it just Carrie Fisher? Maybe it's just Carrie. In Han Solo. And Han Solo's there. I can't remember. I don't know if Luke shows up. Yeah. Anyways, everyone's there. Carrie Fisher has a big send off. She gives a, a great monologue about the Tenants of Life Day, and then she closes it all out with a a song. To the Star Wars theme. Yes. Everything has to be retrofit back into the Star Wars. Uh, do you have any other any thoughts about the uh, the finale? I just put after all that, I don't even really understand Life Day. Like we had this whole holiday special, and I feel like if it would have been like framed in a different way, I would have known what Life Day was. Yeah, they dance around what Life Day actually is throughout the entire episode. Which like I like I guess it's kind of hard to retrofit Star Wars into Christianity, which is clearly the idea here. Mm-hmm. But they don't like I feel like they don't even really like talk about like what it actually means. Yeah, like why why it's so important that Chewie's home or like I mean maybe they do. I don't know. They are not they're speaking Wookiee the whole time. Yeah. With no subtitles. So maybe maybe they did teach me and I just wasn't listening. Which is unintentionally pretty funny <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, so so what is Life Day? I had to do some, some digging to find out. It's certainly not explained very well in the special. Uh, I will say that, that in Princess Leia's final monologue, I do have, a, have it written down here. But it is in the most generic language possible. So here we go. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. So she says it brings life day brings us closer to freedom, harmony, and peace. No matter how different we may appear, we are all the same in our fight against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope this day will be a day of joy where we can reconfirm our dedication and courage and more than anything else, our love for one another. Isn't that right, Chewie? <laughs> so it's pretty generic, like it's like quasi-political speech, which makes sense. She's a princess. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is that Life Day is actually some kind of, like, rebel... Well, here's the thing. Initiation. So if you go to Wikipedia, the of official yes. wiki, wiki of Star Wars lore, it t- Life Day has been happening for tens of thousands of years. Uh, it was It's celebrated every third year of Kashyyyk, but after the Galactic War, the original trilogy... Um, it started being celebrated every year. And, and in the original transcript for the holiday special, Lucas noted that Life Day is celebrated at a different planet each year. And the year of the holiday special just happens to be the year that Kashyyyk is hosting the Life Day celebration. That was all scrapped. Wookie, Wookie Planet C. Wookie Planet C, thank you. <laughs> um, so that was all scrapped and is not canon, but that was in the original script. So now it's only celebrated at Kashyyyk and at the Tree of Life. So it's kind of like the Wookiee Mecca, I guess you can think of it. And if you go on StarWars.com, like, they're extremely cagey about the holiday special. Like, they say it's a long-standing Wookiee tradition, and they basically rehash what Princess Leia says, but even even, even more generic terms. Um, and it's that they note that it's also observed by Wookiees around the galaxy. So it's just like very, very vague. Um, it's celebrated with festive decor, twinkling string lights, unique food and drink items, music and activities. Um, yeah, just extremely, extremely vague. 
So one other thing is the glowing glass orbs that the Wookiees all carry. Those are called Life Day orbs, and they are common decorations and represent a star field, which to the Wookiee culture represents the afterlife. So it's supposed to be sort of like them honoring the dead, mm-hmm. carrying around these glowing glass star orbs, which are kind of like ornaments because they hang them on the tree. So it, it, they're really like dancing around the fact that like they're trying to say it's Christmas. But without, it's not. It can't yeah, be Christmas. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So that, that does it for the notes that I have. Um, what are your closing thoughts on, on the holiday special? That's, I mean, it's really both like, why is it so long? And why do I still not understand anything about Life Day? Like yeah. usually like in a holiday special, there's like a moral at the end. Like they're trying to teach you something. Like all the Rankin Bass ones in the 70s teach you something about the holidays. Right. And what I learned is you have to defeat the Empire, I guess. Yeah, there's no like string that t- connects any of the bits in the holiday special, which is its worst yeah. quality. Like any other holiday special, like they all end with like a moral and then it's supposed to all tie in at the end. Yeah. And this one, it seems like they just had a bunch of sketches in, in mind. And then the last sketch was like, and here's the moral tale. and But like it doesn't tie anything else in together. Yeah, it's like they had the structure of the variety show already set and they're like here are the things that we need to show we have contracts with these people exactly and then just fit star wars around well tried to fit star wars around it um i think you're right when you you talk about the length being too long and i think this could be salvaged it would still be terrible but it wouldn't be an abomination if if they cut out a lot of the things we talked about cutting yeah and made this maybe like a 40-minute holiday special, which is like the appropriate length for anything like this. And I'm not even saying like it would be a good Star Wars like canon or piece of like history, but I think it would work as a, at least a holiday special and it wouldn't like offend Star Wars fans. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I'm glad I did see it only for like the entertainment history kind of aspects of it. It's such a slice of time, you know, not, not only the guest stars that appear and the clothing and the ch- music choices and everything, but the fact that it was ever made in the first place, like, has a, tells a lot about, you know, the entertainment industry at the time. Yeah. It also um, connects to this Lego Star Wars holiday special. Oh, which I haven't seen. We might have to save that for next next Life Day. So... Yeah, Life Day is important in that, too. <laughs> yeah, they do mention Life Day. Like, I was looking at, like, the non-canon stuff on Wikipedia, yeah. and, like, it's mentioned in dozens of video games and books and comic books and everything. So yeah, it's definitely, like, caught on. It's it's at least, like, I don't know, entertaining for Star Wars fans. Like, they want to keep it as part of, like, the canon, but not, like... But also keeping it at an arm's length in terms of, like, quality. Yeah. Gotta uh, pick what we want to keep. Exactly. But, it, I don't know. My, my f- closing thoughts are it's just so interesting to, like, see what Star Wars was, like, considered in the 70s. Like, it's not, like, this, like, sacred thing like it is nowadays where, yeah. like, every tiny aspect is calculated and all needs to fit into the universe and sort of you know what i mean but like now everything just seems so like i don't know sacred and like 
you can't you can't like take any risks with Star Wars anymore. But in but in comparison to this, where they're just like there was only one movie, like and it's just a popcorn flick. Like we can do whatever we want. It's just a fun like universe. Yeah. I think that's a problem with the new Star Wars. Like they can't like Disney does all Disney has to approve everything that comes out and like they for the old extended universe it just used to be like what what do you guys want to write like that seems fun right and then they just make up stuff yeah i think we're just star wars today is just so like burdened by canon and keeping everything like tight and compact and fitting together and filling in all the gaps of the movies and everything which is weird because with the the newer trilogy and having basically a fight as a movie between two directors, they didn't keep their own canon. Like like with Poe Dameron's backstory, like there are like canon comics that have an entirely different backstory that doesn't fit with the ones presented in the movie. Yeah. Let's not go down this road. It's life day. It's we're, life day. we're here about harmony and joy and other generic good qualities. Um, so we did get a call from one of our listeners that wanted to leave us a message. So uh, let's let's close it out with this nice message that we got from one of our listeners. I want to wish you a happy Wookie Life Day. Thank you so much, Watto. That's <laughs> what a nice sentiment to close on. So uh, I'm wishing all of our listeners a happy life day i hope everyone goes out and celebrates with their families put on your full-length red robes make sure you have those life day orbs yes make they're sure probably you... all sold out at the store by now or maybe we can do a craft a diy craft oh, we, gotta, oh. we gotta remember this for next year i'm making a note for a we'll make life orbs next year yeah all right well christina thank you so much for joining me and i'm sorry we had to subject you to watching this again but uh boy It was interesting. It was an experience. So happy life day to you. And may the force be with you. Thanks. (laughs) 